Hey guys, welcome back. This is it's like I, we were just saying that we we're gonna like do do like a cliche opening, and then I went straight into the hey guys, like right. Hey, up there. this is what is it? Season two, two episode, episode four. four. Um, it's guest time again. It is guest time. Yay! Who we got this time? Bob Chahal of Close Encounters Comics. And uh, what are we? What are we gonna? talk about we're going to talk about a lot about spider-man yeah like, talk a lot about spider-man <laughs> um yeah spider-man is definitely his dude he's my dude too he's so, your dude yeah and you met so you had some middle ground which was quite nice to see yeah you uh you both had differing opinions and met somewhat in the middle yeah this this episode is definitely a journey i yeah. think i think like it's, it's cool for a few reasons one because like we talk about comics from time to time but this is going to be like actual correct information instead of <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, I'm pretty sure it, well, it made me feel this. So, uh, uh, and also again, like uh, a local business owner who's like just done the thing. Yeah. Maybe it was very too. cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't want to spoil it too much, but uh, lots of inspiration, lots of uh, reasons for doing the thing, lots of success. Yeah. Um, but a lot of kind of open honesty as well. It's cool. Yeah. It's a very good episode. Rather than us sort of telling you about it, let's get into it. Yeah. So, so this is season two, episode four. Hope you have a wonderful time with it. Enjoy. Animus. Animus. Check, check. Cool. Do you want to hit record about the same time? Are you already recording? Yeah, I'm rolling. Yeah, I got. Sky don't care. Kind of, kind of got bored of waiting for you, mate. That's. Uh... I'm sorry. <laughs> Still early. Forgive me. <laughs> cool. Right, we are on air. Sick. Cool. So we're doing the intro. Yeah, you do the intro. I do the intro. Yeah, you do the intro. Cool. All right. So as soon as you hit record, I'll do the intro. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. All right. I'm glad. I'm glad <laughs> we haven't gone here again. <laughs> <laughs> we did it. So we're here, episode four, with. Mr. Bob Charles. From our favourite comic book shop in the world. Ever. Ever. <laughs> Close Encounters Bedford. Morning, mate. How you doing? Yeah, doing really good. How you doing? Yeah, good, good. Cool. Good to go. Yeah. This is it's, it's this is always like really sort of weird and awkward to start, but as soon as we start yeah. sort of just chatting, it kinda of gets into a, a natural flow. So yeah. I think we just wait everyone's just waiting for the coffee to kick in. Yeah. And yeah. then we'll uh, the conversation will go. Yeah, hopefully I get a refill soon. So, yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is this is crazy early. Is this is this every Saturday the the, the party starts? Uh, no, um, Katie normally starts eight thirty, yeah. and uh, I'm, I'm normally here about nine thirty. So that, that sounds much better. <laughs> yeah, and I th- but the thing is, it's like it's eight thirty in a comic shop, so it's it's not as if it's like it's crazy difficult. <laughs> this, is, this is the thing. Like John was asking, like sort of nine thirty rolls around. Is it likely to be the case that it's like flocks with people? No, no, sort of... not 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 at all. There'll there'll be a few people wandering around, yeah. uh, but most of the Saturday, uh, certainly the early part, is just regulars popping in, yeah. like and just 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 catching up. Um, um, you get you get a lot more uh, sort of random guys who are coming in to sort of like for for merchandise shopping yeah. on a Saturday, which you don't get as much during the week. Yeah, but uh, the main part of a Saturday is you know like just people coming in picking their week's comics up and things like that. So, That's cool. I mean the the shop is mainly a comic shop. That's what we sell more of than anything else. So <laughs> although the 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 front of the shop looks like it's got loads of merchandising and things like that and that's it's really good to get uh, a mainstream audience because even though comics are a massive um, 
on a cultural thing, they don't actually sell a lot. Yeah. You know? Which is kind of weird because everyone goes to watch movies. Yeah. You know, but, um, you know. I was get a small fraction read comics. Yeah, I was. I'm, I'm terrible. I usually get like a like an omnibus or something. So it would be the case that rather than being like, oh, wait another week, I'd just be like, it's almost like the Netflix binge culture kind of way of doing it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some some books work really well for that. Yeah, you know that um, they're designed that, especially with modern comics, they're designed you get a six issue story arc and then yeah. you know you can just collect it in a trade and people who prefer to read it like that, especially people who are like going to bookshops or whatever, they can pick up a comic. Yeah. In a, in a book format but um, I generally find that the really good comics that I like yeah they're, they, they've got a perfect beat for 24 pages yeah. you know and so you know the, the perfect comic for me is always something that it opens with, a, with an amazing splash page and then you know and when you get to the last page mm-hmm. you think damn I've got to wait a month that 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 feeling of being left on the cliffhanger yeah um is is what it's all about for serial comics. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you can't get that in the same way on a, on a, on a trade or, or, or a collected book. Yeah. There's um, Saga's really good for that, for example. And, like Saga's like one of the best comics for her splash pages. Here. It will open up with an amazing image, and it always finishes on a splash page or, or a, an amazing cliffhanger. Yeah. But when you get the book. You just turn the page, and you're already there. And you're on the next so, one. Yeah. Yeah. So you haven't got the the impact. Of, of of that cliffhanger yeah it doesn't build it, the suspense in the yeah, same way you know, so yeah um, it's more convenient but it's no nowhere near not the as, same experience yeah it's nowhere near as exciting yeah it's like binge watching a TV show it, it's, it's, it's the same thing yeah it's the difference between watching you know binge watching a box set or having to wait a week that sense yeah. of anticipation yeah. when the cliffhanger only lasts about four minutes you don't have <laughs> yeah. that kind of same excitement to press play yeah well it's Netflix it's less than that isn't it it's just like the episode finishes and he goes restarting in 12 seconds yeah you don't even have to watch the like opening credits it's just <laughs> like we'll skip that first two minutes yeah. for you yeah I mean so yeah I mean that's that, I suppose that's the big difference between reading a comic and reading it in a, in a, in a collected format yeah also I suppose as a, as a, as a business um something that gets your customer to come back every month as opposed to every four or five months yeah yeah it's got to be better absolutely yeah, and I, so. I think as well like for building because obviously there's, there's a community around this shop yeah if it was the case that people were in every four or five months you wouldn't have that same experience whereas actually people yeah. going back and you get to have the excitement of like especially if you're reading the same yeah. sort of series at the same time it's a bit like have you read it yet oh it's good oh yeah we there's there's definitely that when um we had some books like Hundred Bullets that yeah. um, I don't know if you guys have read that, but that's like a like a uh, this is a crime book effectively with gangsters oh, cool. and bits and pieces. Yeah. But that was a book that was really good at cliffhanger endings, and there was a there was a real sense of when each issue came out, you know, we we literally just read it straight out of the box, which we're not supposed to do. <laughs> and yeah. generally speaking, I always say to guys, like, like let's let's do the delivery first, and we can read about it. Read the stuff afterwards, yeah. yeah. But some books are so good that we think we you know, we had an amnesty. <laughs> so hundred bullets was one of those. Yeah. Um, but the, the when the, when the trades came out, you know, uh, you know, it was cool to read it as a, as a collection. Mm. But the um, but the uh, oh my god, I can't believe this is just happening. You yeah. Know, but the, the the writing on it was like was amazing, and he knew they knew exactly how to to um, switch and bait and do things like this. So sometimes you'd expect a cliffhanger ending, yeah? yeah, and it wouldn't happen. One, I remember one sort of trade. They they you're expecting this epic ending and this story, and it didn't happen at all. And I was like, well, that was a bit, that was a bit 
Shit. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. And then two pages into the next issue, they yeah. had the, they had the ending of like a massive like revelation. Yeah. And I thought, yeah, he just just played us with this yeah. guy, basically made us think that you know he'd, he'd completely botched it and then yeah you know, so just was, just changed the story beats but again that's that's yeah. cool the fact that sort of because the way the medium works you sort of you get in yeah. that rhythm and yeah. when somebody's able to play with it you're a little bit like oh you yeah. jammy so and so yeah. it's one of those things one of the few things that television still has over streaming like obviously kind of everyone's like oh man no one watches tv anymore mm. but like if you're watching a five a week soap or something and it gets to Friday and they do a big cliffhanger and it's yeah. like I've got to wait till Monday <laughs> yeah. it's probably the I mean, only thing that's still good about TV yeah I think that the with the, with the shop that, that whole thing of reading the book as it comes out um, and then coming in and people talking about what they're doing I've generally found that I stopped using um, news websites for comics yeah because they basically had no courtesy <laughs> yeah there's no courtesies for for spoilers in the shop. It's very difficult for something to get spoiled because all the regulars understand mm-hmm. that you can't really broach a subject or talk about something unless somebody says like, like "This is okay" or whatever. You're yeah, going to go yeah. away to the second floor or come up here where it's quiet and you can have, have a chat about yeah. something. I, uh, I love the idea of like top secret comic meetings. They're just sort of like, <laughs> okay, they can't know yet, but this is this. Oh is yeah, so cool. we, we we have that all the time. We you know, it, it, um, it's like if a movie's come out, for example. Yeah. Yeah, if the movie come out, you know, there's a no spoiler, no spoiler policy in the store. Yeah. Um, I mean, one time my nephew spoiled. I, I'm a big fan of uh, Naruto. It's like an yeah. anime, anime book, and um, my my nephew just gave me a spoiler. So I like because he was reading the manga. Yeah. And that was months and months ahead of the anime. And, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm living in that place for My Hero Academia right now, where it's just like the manga is so far ahead. I'm like, oh, God, please don't tell me. <laughs> There's like big story arcs yeah. that I'm just like, I can't go on the internet. I just can't go on the internet. Yeah, I've got to uh, I've got to catch up. My, my kids are two seasons ahead of me on that book. Yeah. On the, yeah on the, they're on the anime. They're two seasons ahead. Yeah. My son's read all the manga books. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like, man, I'm still on second season. Yeah. So... Yeah, I mean the, the spoiler thing is 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 always, uh, and it will always be people who aren't regulars who will do the spoiling. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm constantly amazed that like um, people who are into the Marvel movies, for example, mm-hmm. they're amazing because they just wander around and they will just talk, wander around the shop, <laughs> chatting about the end of the movie or spoilers. Yeah. As if nobody else in the world, <laughs> as guys. Yeah, like yeah, and again, because I've got quite a few mates who are sort of sort of into the MCU like something that they enjoy but it's not like I, I will obsessively be hounding our lot like hey guys the movie's coming out tomorrow we're not queuing yet and that's weird <laughs> um, whereas I've got some people who will wait till it's on out on DVD or Blu-ray or something like that because they're not necessarily like cinema goers Yeah, and it's a bit like obviously the, the big bit at the end of Endgame I think everyone knows that but I still feel nervous talking about it <laughs> yeah I mean I, I don't want to spoil spoil anything for anybody so we, we're always like try to be careful um, but part of the thing of the shop is everyone assumes that you're going to be a massive um, um, movie watcher yeah. of superhero movies <clears throat> and I used to be yeah. but because because it was a rarity so I'll be like oh my god they're going to make a movie out of Spider-Man yeah. you know? so yeah. I'm like I'm definitely going to watch that yeah. but now because like every other movie is a superhero <laughs> movie so you know, I, I tend not to be like obsessively watching them, and I'll watch them as an you know as, as I get a chance. A lot, of them, if somebody I know wants to watch the movie with me, mm-hmm. like like my son or somebody else wants to, like, let's go and watch it. I think okay, I'll 
we'll go out and watch it. Yeah. But otherwise, I'll, most of the time, I'm happy to to do watch it on DVD or Blu-ray. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I tend to find that the Marvel movies, the kind of feel um, for me anyway now, like. There's just too, just too many in a year for me. Yeah, yeah. It, is, it is oversaturation sometimes because it's a bit like, okay, we're gonna take we're gonna take these story arcs, we're gonna jam them together, we're gonna give them to you, we're gonna change it all, but we're gonna have the highest turnover ever. So it's just sort of like, and another one, and another one, another yeah. one. Yeah. yeah, I find out Disney did that with with Star Wars as well. They're, yeah. they're like, Star Wars used to be like, you're gonna get a Star Wars movie every six years or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. And then Disney's Disney gets in. They're like, okay, well, guys, we're gonna we're gonna fix that. We're gonna give you we're gonna give you one every two years. Yeah. And then in the years in between, we'll give you something else that's also yeah. Yeah. in the universe. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I don't know. I genuinely think that the like the TV miniseries is probably the way to go for stuff like that because yeah. that's much closer format wise to to you know like the, for extended storylines. I'm not sure if movies are. You can definitely do a lot more with series. Yeah. Um, I think for me, that's why I was so sad about the. I don't know what the the name for the collective is, but like when they the, the first run of Marvel Netflix series mm-hmm. when they kind of called called time on that, I was like, oh, they were done so well. Yeah. Um, what's the what's the the collective? I don't know what it's called. The so like the Defenders. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there there is a a term for that collection of series and I can't remember what it is uh, but there is a you, word for it yeah um, no that's but, gone uh, this is going to be one of the things Marvel Knights back was it is it Marvel Knights stuff no oh, I think no. I think the only Marvel Knights films was I want to say Punisher Warzone I could be wrong that was there. a good laugh yeah I liked it yeah. <laughs> which one is that um, there's about four Punisher movies and yeah. <laughs> I love them all they're like no. they're not they're not good <laughs> yeah. but I love them yeah. well the thing is like, with the Punisher stuff the, pun- the a lot of the time, the Punisher comics were quite cheesy. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, I don't know who did it. The one where it was based on the Garth Ennis book. They try to recreate the look and the feel of it, and that worked great as a comic. But it came across as really strange when it was when it was made as a movie. Yeah. But it was actually quite accurate. Um, um, but yeah, it was it was very odd. Yeah, I, that's that's a thing that you get quite regularly. Sort of like, well, this isn't true to the to, to the original source material. And it's a bit like. Yeah, but again, for the same sort of story beats, you can't do that in an hour and a half. And there's some things that need to be glossed over and some things that need to be sort of brought up in the mix a bit. Yeah, I think that there's there's definitely some stuff that works really well in comics. Like the, the secret identities, Yeah, you know, just just our standard in superhero comics, you know, certainly when I was growing up. Yeah. And um, I think that would be really difficult to do in movies, do it well. Yeah. So I think the MCU basically doesn't have secret identity does <laughs> they don't seem to care about it at all yeah, which, is, which is really weird because uh, like for for me the the Spider-Man story is Peter Parker trying to balance being Peter Parker yeah. and being Spider-Man and that's everything it's him trying to be a teenager and yeah. a superhero at the same time <clears throat> and it's that's not particularly like it's present in the uh, in the MCU films but it's not at the forefront the forefront is mostly look at this big CGI monster, but I do a fight. <laughs> well, yeah, Spider-Man, Sp- Spider-Man um, is is pretty much um, a problem for Peter Parker. I think yeah. that um, I think Sam Raimi, um, anybody who's been around the shop knows that I absolutely love 
Raimi Spider-Man movies. Yeah. yeah. God. Yeah. Okay, this is going to be a deeper conversation than I realised. My, yeah. my next line was going to be like, the emotional trouble you have with all of the films. Yeah. 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 No, but, but So yeah. What, what was it about the Sam Raimi films that, that, that took... Um, I mean, there's, there's no way for me to be objective about those movies. Yeah. Um, when... I am pretty nerdy about stuff and yeah. very pretty passionate about stuff. So um, when when I first heard that um, there was going to be a Spider-Man movie, I think originally it was going to be James Cameron was going to be up for it, and he mm-hmm. was going to do the black costume and try to make it slicker and you know cooler. Yeah. And um, then Roland Emmerich, the Independence Day guys, were going to be making it, and I was like, oh shit, it's going to be like it's going to be explosions. Like, and, yeah. And yeah. I was like, that's not why. When I heard that Raimi was doing it, yeah. Uh, I was over the moon because um, Sam Raimi is one of my favourite directors. Or, yeah. or, 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 you know, and whatever he's doing, his his movies got you know he's got really strange comedy elements to them. Evil Dead Two is one of my top five movies ever. Ever, yeah. ever. I just I just love it. And um, Raimi also is a huge comics nerd. You know, cool. so um, the combination of Raimi and you know and, and, and a franchise that I was really looking forward to and at that time um, at that time I think the X-Men movie had been out so mm-hmm. a big budget Marvel movie hadn't really been done that you know perfectly yeah at that point yeah <laughs> yeah you know because yeah. Marvel movies traditionally had been quite quite lame yeah that's yeah yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's fair yeah <laughs> you know and and even the X-Men movie they were just all dark it was like no, they, they you know they're all going to wear black leather and they make jokes about the fact that the costumes aren't going to be sort of like bright yellow and this and that. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure there was a I think you saw a Wolverine suit sort of briefly as an yeah. option. He was like, nope. yeah, I think that, <laughs> yeah, I think that they have a joke about yellow spandex with Wolverine or something. So yeah, and so but I remember Raimi saying that yes, I'm going to have the Spider-Man costume. You know, why wouldn't I? Hmm. You know, and from the outset, I thought you know he he gets it. Yeah. So I think the modern superhero movie kind of happens with Raimi because he's like well yes I'm going to have a secret identity mm-hmm. I'm going to have all the key elements of Spider-Man yeah. the Goblin's not very good yeah but everything else in that movie he he gets you see this I had I had um, so growing up obviously I was 90s Spider-Man cartoon I could never remember the ni- 90s is a dark time for for comics <laughs> but but for, for those that series of like the interconnected Fantastic Four Spider-Man and yeah. X-Men men TV shows I grew up on that so my yeah. expectation of, of Peter Parker from that more than anything else was quips just really funny off yeah. the bat one-liners and sitting down with the Raimi films as a just as part of the personality of Spider-Man I'm sitting there like He's gonna do a funny at some point. He's gonna <laughs> yeah. do it. <laughs> I think. I think I've talked to um, a few people about that. Um, mm. That are the Amazing Spider-Man movies, mm-hmm. which which I thought were pretty dire. Yeah. Um, uh, they they brought in elements from Ultimate Spider-Man, so they're making a slightly more modern teenager. Yeah. But Raimi, age-wise, is probably closest to me. Yeah. So. He is literally. I mean, his first two movies are a love letter to to classic Spider-Man. When I say classic Spider-Man, that's not to say that the, the other stuff isn't great, but it is really a love letter to '60s Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, so it's all the Ditko and Ramita stuff, um, all the um, imagery. There's so many shout-outs to that period of Spider-Man in the in the movies. Yeah. And the villains he wanted to use, they were all the Sinister Six. So. Yeah. I mean, I've got no interest in Venom. You know, it's like, for example, 
but that is really a 90s thing yeah. so well, my, both my kids unfortunately have gone through phases where they you know they, they like Venom and Carnage and I've had to to play act as Carnage and Venom with those guys. Yeah. I've got no got no interest in the character. Yeah. So, you know, Raimi was like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do the, the classic villains, so that's gonna be you know the Green Goblin, Doc Ock, Sandman. Um so he was literally ro- making a movie for my generation of, of Spider Man fan. In addition to that, he was just doing absolutely astounding uh action set pieces in yeah. those movies. Um the Spider Man um, which I grew up with wasn't necessarily that funny in the 60s stuff. He was kind of like a mopey teenager. So, yeah. you know. That translates well. To, yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's a lot of crying. And, you know, if, if, you, look, <laughs> if, you, if you look at the old Spider-Man comics, yeah, yeah. and it's still like just constant sort of like melodrama. Yeah. Peter Parker's life is, is all melodrama. Then he's like, you've got to, got to put his costume on and, and go off and, 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 and have a punch up. But if you... If you look at the if you look at the new movies, they're like these uh, huge CGI battle fests, yeah. and but the action isn't actually as exciting. Yeah, well, it's it's a lot less physical. There's there's so much yeah. CGI in it. Actually, the uh, this is almost this is almost like a, a therapy session for me to, to come to terms with the Sam Raimi films because this makes way more sense now than the way that I was approaching it because I was expecting. Again, the kind of more the Spider-Man that I was used to, and that wasn't the one that was on screen. So I was like, "Well, this isn't faithful." And the reality yeah. is, I just didn't have the full backstory. <laughs> but the the sort of swinging through New York shot, yeah. the the sort of very iconic, very repeated at this point. Sam Raimi made that this yeah. physical thing. Yeah, I mean Raimi, Raimi's background in uh, in physical shootings, like the Evil Dead, yeah. when they had that shot when Ashes. Going through the forest and he's spinning around and there's like loads of things hitting him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is like a really cool sped up thing. Yeah. You know, they actually just stuck him on a thing and span him around and hit him. With <laughs> yeah. But again, practical <coughs> effects and it looks amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, and I remember reading that when he was going to do Spider Man, mm. uh, Raimi actually wanted to have somebody physically swing. Swinging, yeah. And they, and uh, I've forgotten who it was. Uh, I think it was the guy who did some of the effects for the Star Wars movie he said, no. Yeah, the physics of that will kill the person. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a um, there's a video. I'm not sure if you've ever seen uh, film theory at all, but it's like a YouTube series, and it's just sort of going through what that would physically t- do to someone. And yeah, you just get turned to jelly, pretty much, pretty much straight away. Yeah. Looks great though, and I'd still like to do it. <laughs> yeah, and you think as well, you know, if if you're gonna if you're gonna do that, the the health and safety of somebody <laughs> moving at that speed with yeah. with you know. With concrete and sort of like masts and all sorts of things, yeah. it's, it's, it's going to be really dangerous. Um, but the and we talk about the action sort of set pieces and that you know the bit everyone talks about the train bit, but the bit before that in the in the in the in the clock tower, yeah, yeah, um, is an absolutely astounding piece of filmmaking. And it's just you know the, the way that they're going up and down, mm. and he does his stuff with the, with a camera that it's got this inertia, like it's attached to a bit of webbing. Yeah, yeah, which is cool. It, it's so cool. It's so geeky for him to do it. Yeah, and then in the new ones, they've got more processing power and they've got more, you know, but it doesn't have the same heart to it. I'm yeah. gonna, I'm gonna sit down and rewatch yeah. these films and just yeah. and just just enjoy them. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. The first two are absolutely amazing, and the third one exists too. The, the, the third, the third one, I think that if you remove every single Venom-related scene, <laughs> yeah. yeah 
I think you'll have a much shorter and much more enjoyable movie. The sequences with the Sandman mm-hmm. uh, are amazing. Yeah, yeah? the uh, surfing on a car door down down the street. Yeah, is absolutely brilliant because Raimi didn't want to make a Venom movie. You know, that's that was imposed by the studio. Yeah, again, so, wanting to see yeah. the, the black suit, the symbiote suit. Yeah, the symbiote suit because it's got it's marketable and it's really really popular. There's a whole generation of people who want to watch that. Yeah. But like I said, Raimi really wanted to do Sinister Six. And I think I read that if he was going to do his fourth movie, he was going to get Ben Kingsley as the Vulture. That would have been amazing. I would love that. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it, it didn't happen. We got Amazing Spider-Man instead. And that was like, you couldn't even get the basics right. You know, <laughs> like with great power comes great responsibility. They couldn't even say that in the movie. Yeah. And I was like... I, 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 I'm, I'm getting the feeling it was sort of like, a, well, you've seen this. And it's like, we, yeah, we have seen that. That's also why we're here. <laughs> we would like to see that again, please. For yeah. me, like, I... There was nothing exciting about the Amazing Spider-Man films, personally. Um, I just kind of... Everything was a bit okay. Yeah. I thought, I thought Andrew Garfield made an okay Spider-Man. Yeah. I thought... Um, uh, I really like the actor. Uh, I can't remember what the... the Big lizard man's called. Help me out here, somebody. Which is a lizard. Ah, oh, nailed it. Yeah, that's yeah. what I said. Yeah, um, yeah. I didn't. I didn't really feel like the the kind of feeling that I got as a kid watching like Green Goblin and uh, Willem Dafoe just being this kind of like. Yeah, Willem Dafoe is excellent. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's something about the Amazing Spider-Man films and then the Amazing Spider-Man Two. Oh, that was a struggle. I haven't seen that. I, I, yeah, my spider says literally don't. Don't, don't watch that. <laughs> yeah, movie. yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I haven't seen that, but. The, uh, I watched Amazing Spider-Man, and normally if I go to the cinema, uh, at that point I was going to the cinema with my son all the time for the, for the because he'd like I want to go and watch it. And normally, it doesn't matter how bad the movie is, I always come out of the cinema and say it's great yeah. because my son will be like he really enjoyed it. I mean, I watched the Fantastic Four movies with with Cam, and you know Cam was like really enjoyed them, and I was yeah. like, so you have to so, sort of grin and bear it, like yeah, yeah. that was so, great too. Like, Rise of the Silver Surfer, um, I watched that. And I, I love Marvel's uh, Marvel comics, the cosmic stuff. You know, it's like Galactus and things like that. Some of my favorite stories. Yeah. So I watched that movie when he's a giant gas cloud, and I came out and I said, yeah, that that was great. It was really cool, wasn't it? And you know, yeah. But Spider Man, Amazing Spider Man, was the first time I'd walked out of the cinema and Cam said, that was really cool. I said, no, Cam, that was not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that's that, that's the thing. Like, it's great to encourage the positivity, and also that will be a further introduction to this world. But at the same time, you, you can't lie to you. Yeah. I just don't like things like you know, like somebody was robbing a shop and they gave Peter Parker something and he accepted it. Yeah, and and I understand that it's not sixties Parker. Yeah, yeah. But the Peter Parker as I would read him wouldn't accept somebody something from a shoplifter yeah. just just wouldn't do it you know I'm thinking I know you're trying to modernise the character but you know he's not a bellend you know that should be that should be the full review <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah that's right I, 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 sort of my, my brain's my, I, re- I really want to stay on on Spider-Man oh, yeah, yeah I know just, just, just because but I, I think one of the things we want to talk about was sort of the shop and how and how this came to be. Okay, yeah. So, um, what, what, what was your what was your comics journey and how did it end with this? Because <coughs> also, like this morning, you were just like, yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty fun, you know, being up super early on a Saturday to open a comic book shop. I'm like, it definitely is. Yeah, yeah. Um, I suppose the this shop um, kind of represents the sort of place that I would I would have liked as as a comic fan myself. Yeah. 
So uh, in in Bedford, I think we had a we, we had Comics Unlimited or Sci-Fi Unlimited. It was little quite a small comic shop, and the guy who ran it, you know, good friends with him. But it was very much a a, a small shop that was kind of tucked away, mm-hmm. uh, and, you, and you really have to go to sort of like London to get a um, a big comic shop yeah. with with a big range of stuff. Yeah, and certainly you know people would be like, oh, I'm going to go do. I'm gonna to go to Forbidden Planet to have a look at figures or do this and that, and yeah. and I was kind of I was working in music and DVD retail, and I toyed with the idea of opening a comic shop yeah. back then, but um, there's not enough money in comics, and I was like, I was thinking, well, I've got to be sensible, but at the end of my career at MVC, I was thinking, well, before I before I go off and do whatever boring job I'm going to do for the rest of my life, mm-hmm. I'm going to try this. Yeah. Because otherwise, I'd I'd always regret it because it's it's the thing which I you know, absolutely love. And I'm almost spare, spare time. Yeah. Was spent on you know like reading comics, reading about comics. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, you know, we we just went for it, um, and it's just kind of grown from there because my brother runs a store for us in in Northampton. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we've got a store in Peterborough, and all the locations, you know, close to Canada, is it's, it's it's comic shops. It's like you know, people who uh, love comics. All of us are fans. Yeah. You know, we're not we're not selling it because because we think, oh well, this this is a commodity. We have to, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I mean that would be that that would be the thing. If I went somewhere else and did something else just for the money. It wouldn't be the same as me coming in here and thinking, oh, I've got to decorate this place. I'm going to get this piece of artwork and stick it up here. Yeah. And so, you know, like here, you know, every now and again, you know, I look at the walls and I think, you know what? I really like that picture. I really like this piece of artwork, yeah. you know, and it's being constantly surrounded by things that inspire you, you, you love. Absolutely. Um, and hopefully, you know, when, when people come in, um, they, they get that. Yeah. I mean, know? even walking up the stairs again, there's, yeah. there's just in the room that we're in right now, we've got such a, an insane collection of like, I'm seeing Link in the top corner. We've got Hulk. We've got yeah. the entire like display yeah. pieces. There's not enough Link Nintendo related artwork in the store. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a, I've got a Zelda poster over there, but I'm a huge fan of uh, Zelda games. Yeah. Uh, so I have got, in fact, behind the in the, in the over there behind behind the curtain mm-hmm. i've got some uh, zelda commissions art commissions i've got done so they're so gonna cool. they're gonna be going up on a wall yeah and other things like that is where you can combine my hobby you know it becomes just like a massive not not gray area like a, <laughs> but like a be- rainbow we basically just kind of like everything combined it's yeah. like it's, it's my it's my work it's my hobby it's all, all the things i'm into yeah. and it just like so <clears throat> Yeah, I do take my work home with me as well. Yeah. You know, but but again, yeah. when it when it's when it is the thing that you love, there there's also that kind of blend where it's like, how much of this is work and how much of this is yeah. me getting to immerse we, myself we get, in. Um, I mean, we do. There's a my brother runs a convention in Bedford each year, a nice convention. And, yeah. Um, and that really is an it kind of like a uh, like a comics comics party mm. because it really is a chance for us to. Um, take a break from our day job selling stuff, selling comics, and you get to get meet the creators and things like yeah. that. So yeah. that also is, you know, it's yeah, it's one of the highlights of the year for me. Yeah. You know, you get to meet all these guys, and you know, get some original artwork done and things like this, and see that see the creative process. And again, people would have to go to London or somewhere yeah. like that. And I I really loved the fact that we were able to sponsor this to the show yeah. and all of a sudden we've got some of the biggest 
creators in comics in the world and they'll be wondering on Bedford High Street and it'll be a bit surreal. <laughs> yeah. You know, you've got Brian K. Vaughan who's like doing Saga and like which is one of the biggest comics at that time. And he'd be, you know, just outside the, the Turkish restaurant on <laughs> Yeah. You know. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. So uh yeah. And that that's that's kinda cool. I mean, a couple of years ago we had um we had Don McGregor. He's the guy who created Killmonger, yeah. and he wrote Black Panther in the in the seventies and eighties and nineties. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I spent my my teenage years wandering along trying to find uh, Don McGregor comics. You know, yeah. this is before these like the age of internet or yeah. mail order or anything. So I'd go to a comic shop and I would a little list of yeah. Yes. And you know, two years ago, we 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 managed to sponsor him to come to the show. Yeah. And uh, I ended up having breakfast with him in Poppins. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then, um, and that was his choice as well. And I was, I wouldn't have gone to Poppins. I'd like, oh, go to here. And he's like, oh, I'll just go here. Just, just want some scrambled eggs. Yeah. And he tried black pudding for the first time. And it's like, and I think this is such a strange thing yeah. to happen. It's like this guy who was somebody I've never thought I'd meet. Yeah. And now he's in Bedford. And, uh, yeah. You know, just having a nice sit-down meal. Yeah, but that's that's amazing. It's not just it's at that point. It's not just sort of meeting one of these people that's sort of helped define a part of your life. It's like, oh, I met him by invitation because we brought him in. Yeah, <laughs> I think also the other thing is that the comic industry is is different to other stuff because mm-hmm. um, you can literally do that. You know, um, I suppose if you if you're a movie fan, it'd be like saying. I really like the Iron Man movies. I'm going to invite Robert Downey Jr. to have have coffee with me. Yeah, yeah. But you can do that in comics. You yeah, know? you can have somebody who is like a, a mega star in the business, but they'll be you know they'll come down and they can wander around town without being sort of like mobbed or whatever because only guys in the industry know who yeah. they are. So yeah. it's it's like a it's a really weird superstardom. Yeah, yeah. Um, because like Don McGregor, you know. You know, he's not his his photo isn't anyway. He's named on the credits for the sort of Black Panther movie, yeah. and people like me were like, "Oh my God, come me meeting you," you know, and you get to chat to him about books that he's published, what he hasn't published. But you know, it's it's something which is quite it's quite small. It's a very small industry, you know. You know, so yeah. I think that's that's one of the nicest things about it is that we've got to meet our heroes, and quite often, turns out they're just guys who really. Really enthusiastic about comics, just like us. And the nicest thing is when you, we can chat to them about what books, you know, they've been inspired by, what they've enjoyed. Yeah. So that you know, it's been one of the well, one of the best things for me. So. And we went to we went to the last nice. Yeah. Um, and it was a blast. It was, it was so such, good. Such <laughs> a good day. Yeah. Um, and I'm pretty sure we both left with like a fair chunk. Yeah. <laughs> just like uh, a small tree in a bag. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we got we got to meet a bunch of, of creators of kind of like independent comics, um, and it, it's so cool. It's not the kind of thing that you you don't often get to meet and directly support independent creators kind of mm-hmm. on the spot. Usually, like, I don't know, like you might go see, maybe go to a film festival or something and see like a small film, or you might go see a small band or something. But to be there and be like, this is somebody's product. They've put their heart into it. I'm yeah. now gonna now gonna phys- like physically support you. It's so good. Yeah. Um, but no, the Nice Festival was 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 awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was a blast. Sorry, my screen tape. Just come on. There we go. I think with that that aspect of comics, where it is something which literally anybody can do, 
that. It, you only just need a pencil and a piece of paper. <laughs> Not even that now, but some, a lot of people do it digitally. Yeah. But it's something which um, other thing, uh, other uh, other mediums can have various expenses to to get going. You know, if you're going to make yep. a movie, you're going to have lighting, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. But with comics, really, I love the fact that it's literally anybody can anybody can get stuck in and get you know make a comic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as, a, as a kid I made comics not any good but you know it's something which you know you, you feel that you could you could contribute you could do something with yeah so um, some of our customers you know have, have made comics or you know work and making artwork um, and it's really nice that um, sometimes you can kind of uh, you can ins- be involved in their growth as process. an artist yeah, and their process. So we've got uh, one of our one of our customers came to us when he was when he was a kid, um, and I think he was living abroad. I think he was living in China or Singapore or somewhere. Mm-hmm. And we gave him you know a load of comics for um, for his journey home. I think you know and um, because I think where he was, he couldn't get hold of comics very easily yeah so uh, we gave him a bunch of comics aren't we when he was going to go back for the summer yeah and uh, over the years as he was growing up he was still getting comics from us and sometimes he was living he was living in new york for a while and he was still getting comics and stuff from us and i thought it's, it's kind of cool that's amazing yeah <laughs> and then he's done a degree in uh you know in, in, in comic art and things like this and he's pub- self-published his own comic and we you know i invited him back to the shop for his first signing yeah. and uh that and then he was at nice as well um but that was that was huge for for, uh, for me personally mm. that this person who like close encounters has been part of his journey in into comics into the industry yeah that somebody who first got into comics through us you know uh is now an artist and a writer and you know, a creator and he, in, you know yeah. in his own way that's like with, with Dave as well, you know, like my friend in from Bickles Wade is like a, an animator. Yeah. So we've need, we've seen Dave go from being a, like a student, a guy who's working and playing around with Lego and bits. The next minute he's YouTube videos, and next minute he's he's working on you know Hollywood movies. Yeah. So you know, I, I like the idea of yeah. the business and the shop. Yeah, but it's 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 the community aspect, and by supporting yeah. and, and nourishing these ideas with people, and basically empowering them if they've got something and saying. You should pursue that. Keep going, yeah. And then the end of the journey, or where the, where they end up, can be amazing places. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's it's really nice when they come in and they say, "I'm thinking about this." Yeah. And um, I think with my friend Dave, um, he'd be some of the conversations. He'd come in and he'd say, "Look, I've just like like um, this Jack Kirby artwork," and um, and I'd be like, "Yeah, have you looked?" At the all the Aztec and Incan influence on Jack Kirby's artwork, yeah. and he'd be like, "Hold on, you're right." And then he goes away, <laughs> yeah. and he I remember he he started looking at loads of Incan art and stuff like this, and he's like, "Oh God, all this sort of chariots of the God stuff is going on," and he's like, and, and it was getting him really excited. And then when the Guardians of the Galaxy movie came out, mm-hmm. they had that sort of they had that sort of artwork was there. You know, the designs were. And you can kind of see it going from the comic to you know to the to the movie into the design stuff. Yeah. Um, so it's, that's kind of cool. You know, yeah. you, you can help somebody uh, see something which they which they hadn't they weren't aware of before. Yeah. And again, sort of peel back the layers, and potentially there's something in there that they can then draw inspiration from and create something 
that maybe to a degree is an homage, but maybe to a degree is their own thing, but with the same source and the same inspiration and power from the place where this thing that they love came from as well. That sounds yeah. cool to me. Yeah, it is definitely. I mean, his his YouTube channel was was fascinating because you could see him trying out lots of different uh, visual ideas, but. Yeah. Quite often, you know, it'll be, you'd see stuff in there which you know his stuff had been talking about. You'd yeah. Be, oh yeah, I remember him talking about. He wanted to try something like this, then you see him sort of visualize it. Anything. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I love that. Again, sort of the the, the process because there's there's two there's two parts. Of it. One, it's kind of cool to have a peek behind the curtain, but two, I find it quite sort of empowering for other people when you can sort of do these little things where it's a bit like, well, this is how we got there. So again, if you wanted to do something similar, this is how you can potentially do it uh you mentioned previously about um sort of just pen and pencil and that's that's it you can go it just reminded me of uh the uh comic book or manga writer one who did the one punch man bob psycho 100 yeah. and he himself was like i can't really draw i'm just <laughs> gonna start though i'm just gonna i'm just gonna do oh, it yeah there are, there are there's um i think there's that sweet spot where somebody can do everything you know yeah. somebody who's an amazing writer and they're amazing artists yeah. but you don't necessarily need to be absolutely an amazing uh artist to make to make a comic yeah you know you can do it with stick man as long as as long as the story's good and it's got some yeah, heart yeah yeah as long as it's got some heart a heart and you can basically get across what you, when you need to there's a there's a guy called ted Rall, uh who's an american cartoonist and um he is an awful awful artist <laughs> yeah yeah um but um, he writes political comics, and so like some of the stuff is he's talking about. I think it was like um, American foreign policy and stuff in mm-hmm. Afghanistan and places like that. Yeah. Um, and it was pretty harrowing stuff. But you know, he can't draw, but it was a good comic because yeah. it made you stop and think, and you think, well, you know, yeah, yeah. that's that, that's worked. You know, absolutely. Um, and um, I. Uh, I firmly believe that anybody could basically do something, yeah. So because I don't like comics and I think you could do peanuts. I mean peanuts you know, everyone's everyone's read peanuts. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone likes comics. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and and they're not difficult to make. I mean peanuts isn't the most complex artwork in the world. <laughs> so But again, it's it's about if you have a story in you. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, share it. We yeah. um we met uh, a creator called Samuel G. London. At, at nice, um, really, really, really nice guy. Um, <laughs> is the guy the horror comics again? guy? No, so he did uh, this Victorian s- space drama called uh, mm, Milford Green, yep. um, yeah. and it was—it's such a cool comic. And I think I think it start. I think he did a Kickstarter or a Patreon or something of that nature, yeah. and then he partnered up with an artist kind of via the internet and then that's how it was made but he he wrote the story and then as soon as he kind of connected with i think i'm getting the story right as soon as he connected with this artist the the final product was there um and it looks so good um, and it's literally just kind of one guy and, yeah. and an artist um and i love that because it's as you say you don't necessarily need to like when people think of comics like oh DC and Marvel yep. like you don't need to be with a, a powerhouse yep. like that you can just put your ideas on paper and kind of yeah. let it kind of let it grow um, yeah and it's, it's really really cool to see yeah I think if you go to a comic convention you, you sometimes find that 
you know, you'll have writers and artists who are guys working for the big two, but there'll be just as many people out there that are following, for want of a better word, following their dream. They're, mm-hmm. They've made their comic, they've self-published it. They're probably not going to make a lot of money from it, but you know, you have to respect somebody who's who's created something and they've hired the table and they're going to spend their weekend trying to sell their product. And so, yeah. um, I always think that's that's pretty amazing because I would have. I would have loved to have the commitment to do that, you know, yeah. to 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 basically work uh, at, at art or writing and actually pay money to get your your comic made and out there. And there's a, one of our regulars here, uh, uh, Mel, uh, has made a uh, zombie comic, uh, Edge of Extinction, which is which is set in Bedford. So <laughs> amazing, yeah, yeah. So you know. Um, you know, we've got some sort of uh, posters and bits and pieces for it, and sometimes you know some of the locations in Bedford, you know, love zombies wandering through the Harper Centre and things like that. <laughs> That's yeah, yeah. And, but but again, it's so cool because again, that homegrown feeling. It's a bit like I've been there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's the thing is that somebody from Bedford could make a comic about zombies in their hometown. Yeah. It doesn't need to be set somewhere in in America. Specifically New York. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A you lot know. of things happen to that poor place. <laughs> I was going to say. Yeah. So, yeah. It's just like, literally uh, anybody could sort of like, think, you know what, I wanna, I've got an idea, I want to make something. Yeah. And then go through, put, make a synopsis and find somebody. If they can draw it themselves, great. Otherwise, they can find somebody else out there. And if they can't get it published through through a major, they could publish it themselves. Yeah, absolutely. So, and again, this is the world we're living in. If if you can take a picture of your food and a thousand people see it, yeah. I'm pretty sure you can you can create something beautiful <laughs> and share it with the world as well. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean, especially with sort of uh, with Instagram um, and sort of the way that images are shared. I think there are things that people just do like single single image sort of like. Um, Comics where it's like you'll have six panels yeah. on, on a single image and it's a comic. Yeah. So you know a comic doesn't necessarily need to be like like a huge you know, encyclopedia style thing. It could be literally just six panels. Yeah. Well, even going back to like like, like newspapers, like yeah. the little the little kind of like like second long uh, panels yeah. you would have in in newspapers like that stuff. Like people will read that. Every single day, yeah. Um, and again, that doesn't have to be. You know, it doesn't have to be Watchmen. It can, like it can be, you know. Oh yes, one joke. <laughs> some, so yeah, some of the some of the best comics I can think of um, are are newspaper strip stuff. Yeah. Um, and I, I use Peanuts as an example. Yeah. yeah. Because when people say I don't like comics, I don't read comics. Have you read Peanuts? Have you read Charlie Brown? Yeah. You know, and chances are they have. Absolutely. Um, we do a um, we do a book club for um for comics with with books with pictures mm-hmm. at the shop and you know we've we've just done we three by grant morrison yeah and uh, i think one of the things that i suggested and it might not happen because we're gonna have to talk about it that you know we could maybe read asterix for one of our forthcoming things yeah and because asterix is a comic you yeah. know it's it's a really fun comic i've got a bunch of them at home and i genuinely really like reading asterix um just a superhero mm-hmm. you know? yeah and again it's a, it's another even for people who are sort of not in this world if you say Asterix and Obelix they'll be like yeah, yeah of course I know that yeah absolutely yeah. yeah yeah. I think it's like I think one of the problems with uh, 
the way that comics are perceived, mm. people think that it's a genre, that it's superheroes. Yeah. It's it's a medium. Yeah, That's, it's a medium. Yeah. yeah, and so you have to kind of remind them, mm. and you say, "Have you read this? Have you said this?" You know, yeah. you know, um, people be constantly surprised when you tell them that a gangster movie is an adaption of a comic thing. You know, like yeah. Road to Perdition was a comic. Yeah, yeah, I, you know. Yeah, I've I've had a similar sort of conversation about sort of anime and stuff where a few people are like I hate anime. It's like it's, it's for kids. I was like, dude, you have you have not you've got <laughs> yeah. nowhere near this. Yeah. yeah, I think kids have sort of watched some of the um, yeah some of the I'm going to say more fringe like even just sort of take something like Parasite. If if a kid watched that, yeah. <laughs> there'd be a lot of therapy involved. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like Lone Wolf and Cub. Yeah, you know. Um, I think they made it into re- the Shogun Assassin movies. Yeah, and people will be. I think there is a, there's a certain amount of um, certainly in the West there's, mm-hmm. there's a certain amount of snobbery. Yeah, yeah. we're fantastic at that. <laughs> it, it's uh, and the amount of times will be people will be like, well, I, I I love Spider-Man, but I can't read a comic because that's just, that's just childish, you know. And it's yeah, which um, is crazy. Again, you're all you're doing there is you're deliberately restricting yourself from taking in these fantastic stories that's that's all by by taking an entire an, in, an entire medium and saying nah, i can't do that that just means that you're preventing yourself from getting to immerse in these fantastic worlds seems yeah, seems mad if you if you happily watch a film and you happily read a book what <laughs> especially as well if you enjoy say say it is spider-man if you yeah. enjoy the Spider-Man films, so you know you like this world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there is so much more. There's like, what, how many, how many Spider-Man films in total? Six? Seven? Yeah, I think I think so. Like, Three, outings two. that involve Spider-Man, I think yeah. like we're probably at like seven. Yeah. How many, just off the top of your head, how many comic books out there do you think One or might, two. might yeah. maybe mention Spider-Man? <laughs> yeah. I generally find that it's... People will watch the watch the movie versions, mm. and it's like once every once once a year they'll watch something. And yeah. I think these guys like aren't you aren't you interested in say Spider Man's or Peter Parker's relationships with his friends? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I don't think when you watch the movies, how much time they actually spend developing that character. Yeah, you know. You don't really find out how he's doing at school or college or any of those other things. I used to remember when I, you know, when I used to read Spider-Man as a kid, the whole thing was that basically he would be falling behind in his grades and this yeah. and that. Yeah, desperately trying to do his homework. But then, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, and that used to be kind of like the the fun stuff. It'd be like Spider-Man. I've got to get back for Aunt May's birthday, but Doc Ock's trashing a bank or whatever. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah that stuff was really, really fun when I was you know, when I was a kid. I used to absolutely love that. And Raimi get Raimi got a lot of that stuff through, you know, in, in his movies because he he got the feel for that. Yeah. I can't remember one of the one of the films starts and I think he's trying to deliver pizzas. Yeah. But also yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's and again that that to me is a classic Spider Man arc where it's yeah. a bit like desperately trying to hold this job down but I can't just let so and so get away. And it's like, okay, cool. We'll try and do that. Web the pizza up to the and again, sort of the visual idea of like webbing the pizza up to like the the walls or something. I just remember that with yeah. the camera a lot and just like gotta leave my bag over there, thwip. Like and again, that's a core part of the story that we don't really yeah. see as much now. I think um I think Raimi's Spider Man verse is really comic y because some of the stuff that he did doesn't wouldn't work. Um wouldn't work in the MCU stuff because his stuff is like you know he'd be throwing sort of like spider nets out. Yeah. You know, you know with the bit with the train stuff when he's like 
throwing somebody and then flicking and a giant web appeared and yeah. ca- catch the person. Yeah. Completely unrealistic. Yeah. But <laughs> but that's how it was in the comics. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, Raimi's not interested in making something realistic. Yeah. He's interested in. I remember a conversation, I think it was about I think it was about the first cartoon where they were talking about the web uh, swinging and the rationale was you can basically you can hook the webs onto clouds. Yeah. And Again, that's not really going to happen in the MCU. It's like, no, there's no buildings around. But yeah. um, it's actually off topic slightly. But um, have, you, have you read or watched Attack on Titan at all? Uh, I've read. I'm not up to date on it, but I think I've maybe the first. Uh, I've read maybe the first twenty volumes of it. I think. Yeah. So one of the one of the big things for the um, that they they wear this ODM gear. So basically, it's like two big hooks, completely yeah. inspired by Spider Man. But it was such a big thing where it's the gas canisters can run out, or if you don't have a building to to cling onto, then you've got problems. That again is a massive Spider Man plot arc where it's a bit like every ten minutes those damn web shooters would just start playing up. And that was I, I, I seem to remember sort of um, a, a, an ongoing conversation about that being one of the best ways of writing this character was everything's going great until these things that are deliberately written as a plot device to like oh no they failed again <laughs> yeah I mean as an aside from that there was a thing we talked about buildings yeah uh, the, the Spider-Man TV show in the in the 70s and if, do, you know, do you know about the 70s Spider-Man I, yeah, uh, yes, yeah, yeah. 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 There was a guy, a guy called Nicholas Hammond played Peter Parker, mm-hmm. and it's it's a pretty dire TV show to be honest. But I was, I think I was maybe eight or nine when it came out, yeah. and just the fact that it was going to have a Spider-Man TV show was enough for me. Uh, but it was really, really bad. But <laughs> when I watched, I thought it was amazing when it came out. Uh, but when I watched it again as an adult, um, Spider-Man doesn't really swing anywhere. Yeah. And I then read that the, one of the reasons was they didn't set it in New York. They filmed it somewhere, somewhere like LA or somewhere, yeah. and they didn't have loads of skyscrapers. So, so, so that's that's not gonna work. Yeah. Just him sprinting yeah. from place to place. Yeah. So and yeah, he you, you saw him climbing isolated buildings because they just didn't have enough tall buildings near each other yeah. to make the swing stuff. They couldn't do it visually. Yeah. And. It just looks really weird. Yeah, yeah. It'd be a rubbish. That imagine if the Spider-Man story had started in like Iowa, <laughs> yeah, Cornwall. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Spider-Man, and we talked about New York. And one of the reasons, one of the reasons that I've read, I'm not sure if this is true, mm-hmm. uh, that the superhero stuff kind of really resonates in New York is because New York, literally, because of the, the, the way the blocks are laid out, these yeah. massive concrete canyons, yeah. and everyone's just just like crowded in at the bottom, yeah. and it's literally the only, space. yeah, all that free space, mm. you know, is kind of like aspirational space to, to get out of the crowd. Yeah. So that's the reason why Spider-Man, all these guys can fly, cool. that kind of works visually really, really well for yeah. people as well. So, and it know. also makes for way more chaos when there's like a building collapse or like a, an explosion or something, and suddenly you've got two hundred thousand people on the floor. Yeah, yeah. Well, like that that Superman movie where Superman's so incompetent that he just allows loads of skyscrapers and everything else to fly all over the place. And yeah, well, the, uh, the most inept superhero <laughs> in history. Yeah, I'm surprised there was fallout in the next one. People didn't seem very happy with yeah, it. Yeah, that. That that film went from zero to that literally went from zero to 100 so quick it yeah. was <laughs> yeah it was sort of like and this is smallville and this is yeah. sort of 
and also Skybeam now, let's go. <laughs> yeah, it was like, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I didn't really enjoy that movie. I thought oh. that was... Yeah. We very oh. recently had this conversation, and I was like, but it was really good. He was like, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah. I, it, Never said it, it was great. I said it was good. <laughs> it's, it's very much a... Uh, have you read any Miracle Man or Marvel Man the yeah. Alan Moore stuff yeah. it is, it's a lot like that whereas basically what would be a more realistic look at superheroes battling in a city you know it, basically lots of people would die yeah. yeah so I haven't watched the new Amazon is it the boys I, yeah this is like the new Amazon series and again yeah. that kind of like gritty approach I'm sort of thinking that sort of people at home if, if they've seen something similar just this idea of truly grounded like the physics involved when people have yes. these powers. I've seen the first half an hour of the the boys. Mm-hmm. Um, I've read some of the graphic novels of it, and it is pretty gory. You know, somebody yeah. at uh, super speed, yeah. somebody at super speed hitting somebody. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's not going to be. It's not going to be pretty. They would be yeah. obliterated. That, that totally off topic, but the band Slipknot. I believe their music video, I think, featured. But I have to fact check that. I think I think they put a video out and it had uh, Carl Urban. Urban. Yeah. Yeah. Is he in the boys? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Then yeah, he was in that, and everyone was like, "Oh, that's weird." And then suddenly he was like, oh, "Also, there's a series." Yeah. Um, yeah. That's my yeah. that's my only affiliation with it. Yeah. And the boys book is 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 quite good fun. Yeah. I mean, some of the humour is 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 a bit is a bit puerile. But, um, okay. But um, yeah, it's good fun. Cool. No, I, I, again, I think I think. Again, I'm sort of I'm thinking about the people that are at home as well. I think it would be cool to kind of get more people into into the medium because my expectation is they might have seen the Amazon show, but they might not have seen any of the sort of material that we're talking about. Is there any sort of easy introduction comics that you could recommend that it sort of be like or, just for just for somebody who's like toying with the idea of getting into actually physically having something that they can then go through and enjoy the experience of reading a comic book? Yeah, I mean. Um... Generally, so, I, uh, my go-to introduction to comics nowadays not for not for children, obviously, mm-hmm. but uh, is Saga, yeah. which is the Brian K. Vaughan Saga, which I think is is one of the one of the best comics um, of the last fifteen years, and that's something sometimes being described as Game of Thrones meets Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, um, and it is literally uh, like a uh, Romeo and Juliet style. Um, story set in space yeah. where you've got two warring planets and you've got two different species uh, and they have two of these two of the characters meet they have a kid who's a, um, um, a crossbreed effectively and the powers are be despite that this is a um, this is a bad thing yeah. for you know for morale and a number of other reasons and um, this story you know just they just use this to explore loads of things about uh, how we're how we're at war and where how we fund wars, and uh, it sounds pretty miserable, but it actually <laughs> actually is a really really funny book. Yeah, there's is one that you, there's a bit of whiplash in it because sometimes you'll be you'll be laughing one page and literally it'll bring you to tears, you know, uh, on, on, the, on the very next page. Yeah. But it's. Uh, if we think that the biggest TV show in the world nowadays is something like Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. um, and I think that comics can do epic storytelling like that. So I wouldn't say to somebody, you know, no, you're going to get into comics, 
there are loads of superhero movies, but comics can do things more than that. It's yeah. not just superhero stuff. So I would say, you know, go and have a look at something like Saga, because it will surprise you. Because you might be getting a hit of superhero stuff from MCU stuff, but Saga is a sort of story you can't get in other medium. I think if Saga was on TV, it would have loads of problems. Yeah. yeah? You know, censorship problems, because I think with the TV stuff, they have to go through sort of uh, censors and, you know, what's going to be acceptable in certain areas of America and all sorts of things. Yeah. And, and books like Saga, um, I think they had um, the front cover of the first issue of Saga had uh, the couple and the baby was being breastfed on the on the cover, yeah. and that was a huge deal um, because people said, you know, you can't have a baby being breastfed. Yeah, uh, which again, it's such a it's bonkers. Yeah, it's it's such a it's a human thing, and it's going to be something that's a part of yeah. everyone's life. But so, again, there's there's filters that go, oh yeah. no 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 no. <laughs> yeah, and then they when they had the hardback collection, I don't know if you've seen the hardback collection of it. Mm. They just literally have. A giant boob and a baby on it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, amazing. Yeah. So, but, yeah. But again, that, it it makes a statement, and it is. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think, I think if it's the case that the things that wouldn't normally filter through to us are done because they're real, because there's something again with with some some purpose behind it. I think be able to tell a genuine story with the locks off, just being like, this is it. This is. Yeah. This again, it's just. I think really? definitely independent comics, like the the books which are Image are pushing out, especially, are are excellent at the minute. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there's always going to be good Batman comics. There's always going to be good Spider-Man comics. Yeah. But um, if if somebody wants to like, try comics for the first time, I think was, I'd say try something, try something new, something which you probably haven't considered. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, and there's a whole bunch of those. 100 Bullets, as we mentioned earlier on, uh, is, is an absolutely amazing um, gangster epic. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's got a, an amazing premise is that somebody walks up to somebody with... Do you guys, any of you guys read 100 Bullets? No. I've, I've not, not all the way through, but yeah. Yeah, but that opening thing uh, as a set piece, somebody walking up to you with a, with a briefcase and a gun and, yeah. and 100 bullets and said, you can kill anybody... You know, and these will not be traced, and there is no repercussions for what you're going to do. Yeah. And then inside it, you find a dossier of somebody who's wronged you, or slighted you, or has messed your life up, mm-hmm. and it's literally just pointing you at the person they want to kill. Yeah. Uh, and I, I remember when I when I first read that, I thought that's absolutely amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, absolutely amazing because when you first read it, you don't even think, well, what's the motive? You know. Yeah. You know. Uh, and how good a TV show would this, would something like that be? Yeah, yeah. So I said, somebody, people who are watching crime shows or whatever, that'd be an amazing book to people to try out. It's a genuinely unique piece of entertainment. Yeah. So yeah. Amazing. Okay. Cool. Um, there was just sort of one other thing I wanted to touch on. I'd like the shop is now open. <laughs> like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. First Yeah. Yeah. Just just very briefly earlier in the conversation, you mentioned when you opened this place you sort of it was like a now or never if i don't do it and as we were going through that that was just a very quick sort of story beat we were like i feel like i i have to so i did and then now we're here like <laughs> three shops later yeah yeah how how was the opening it how was the because it couldn't um, have just been let's do it it's done 
So, oh well, no, no. Um, we initially uh, we had the idea uh, of there was somebody I worked for for three months, mm-hmm. and um, he was fairly incompetent. And I thought to myself, you know what, I actually could do a better job. And that was in video game in the video games industry. Yeah. Oh, and uh, I was like, well, actually, I could do this better than this guy. Yeah. Um, but we lacked uh, capital. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was talking about it with my family. Uh, we um, we mortgaged my house, which is a fairly big gamble, I should say. Yeah. 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 So and and there was a whole there was a whole um, thing with my wife was like, well, are you are you sure? Is this is this you know? Are you sure that you're going to do this? It's not just a jolly, you know that you're, yeah. you know, you know you're going to play at being a business. And I said, no, I'm going to be very very serious. So we, my brother. Um, Asked my brother to get involved as well, mm-hmm. yeah, and he's got a had a retail background. Yeah. Um, we thought that we were pretty hardcore into comics, yeah. <laughs> um, we obviously weren't hardcore enough. I think we ran out of money in in three months. Right. Yeah, we ran out of money in three months, and I think the first six months uh, I didn't get paid. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a there's a whole period when literally I I was working for nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so my wife had to pay our bills, and I know there was there's times in that early period when you think I've really messed up. I've really messed up um, because you're learning on the hop. There's no there's no training program you're going to go on to to do this stuff. Um, but we also were kind of had a feeling we were on the right track. Yeah, yeah. So as I mean, the guy who just came up there for a second ago, Massimo, he was like one of our regular customers. Yeah. And I remember one of, one of the early early Sundays, he, um, I had a conversation with him, and he, he said that he got his comics from somewhere in London because comic shops in Bedford never lasted. you know. And I was like, well, yeah. I was like, dude, you know, they don't last because... You're because doing, you're going to London to get your comic books, yeah. So it was, it was so difficult to... Um, get um, an established customer base. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that that first year and a half was 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 crazy difficult. We made yeah. so, you know, so, so many so many mistakes. Yeah, yeah. But you know, but that's that's the deal, though. You yeah. have to you have yeah, to find you know, it. So thing. yeah, I mean that that was really tough. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we we get we we got better. Yeah got better at that stuff and then we started doing store signings and we started building relationships with creators yeah um and again and, that community that you start to yeah, build at that point yeah. so you know we we had that we had people who used to read comics and suddenly discovered us and so we were getting lapsed comic guys coming back in yeah. and then we've also got a generation of people we've been here 15 years now I see some of the guys who were kids coming in here with beards now. Yeah. Like, oh, I've been doing this a long time. Yeah. But the the shop kind of has grown its own market. Yeah. So, you know, we when we do whenever we do free comic book day, there we're you know, we're giving away two thousand comics that are going into the local place, the local market. So people are passing them on, people trying comics for the first time. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the convention, all of that stuff has kind of built built up a little um, little ecosystem which supports a store yeah um, and yeah the 
opportunity, uh, I think six years after we opened, this comic shop in Northampton was going to close. Mm-hmm. And the opportunity came to basically um, uh, to take it over and turn that round. Yeah. And um, I think maybe four years ago, something similar happened in Peterborough, an opportunity to, uh, came there. And I mean, in each case, um, there's a there's a local market of people who want a comic shop locally here. Yeah. Yeah. So people will say, oh, people don't want to shop in um, in physical shops, bricks and mortar stores. Um, that's not actually true. Mm. Yeah. That's like for for me, this something like this is is more than just because it's not it's not just a shop. It's that kind of you you build that community. You it's just seeing like minded people because sometimes. Yeah. If you're like I consider myself a, a little bit of a geek, and it's got yeah. sometimes you don't really see yourself out in the world. You see, like you see the people who are super into their sports or so and so, and and they've got their own little clicks. And it's nice to just sort of step through the like step through the front door here and just be like, here's my people. This is this yeah. is cool. I, I, I generally find when when I was um, at my previous job, yeah, um, people would be talking about um, you know that. That you know, you'd be, I'd be really geeky and nerdy about because I'd be reading comics during my lunch hour, mm-hmm. and I knew the creators I liked and this and that. Yeah, yeah? but my previous job was selling music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most people I know are pretty nerdy about their favorite albums or their favorite singers. Yeah, yeah? they buy the, all their albums of the people they like singing and they follow them. They might even have a picture of them. You know. Yeah. People, people are into the iconography rock stars and things like that and there's no difference there's literally no difference from being a fan of alan moore to being a fan of your favorite writer being a tolkien fan or or being a fan of david bowie yeah yeah it it, you know it's just art yeah you know and you're you're passionate about your art and that that's cool you know yeah it doesn't matter where and it's the same with football fans, you know. Yeah. People are going to be fans of of their club, and they like certain players the way they play, or certain managers yeah. the way they manage. And you, yeah. it's quite. I find it quite strange. There's there's like a couple of people I, I work with that I think might turn their their nose up a bit of the idea of of this community because it might be like a little bit too a little bit too nerdy. And then I listen to them rattle off the stats for the season, yeah. and it's like, <laughs> come on, man. Yeah. When I when I was. Uh, um, when I was at MVC and we used to talk about it and I think we don't really care what particular thing you're into as long as you're into it there's nothing more boring than somebody who doesn't have any interests yeah yeah, yeah. This, yeah. This, so, this is all about passion yeah. this is at, yeah. at its heart yeah uh, and that's what it, that's, that's what it's all about uh, the amount of times that I've discovered a book mm-hmm. um, that somebody comes to me and says look Bob have you read this and Despite working at comics, I don't read everything. Yeah, yeah, it's impossible. Yeah, yeah. So somebody will be again, like, just sort of looking around the room we're in, it's like this would take quite some time to get yeah. through. Yeah, and, and how cool is it when somebody says to you, "This is a really great book," and you're like, "And I'll have a to-read pile." Yeah, and uh, it's another one of the reasons why I don't use, um, I don't, I don't use sort of like internet news forums or anything, but they don't have because there's no courtesy of spoilers or whatever. Mm-hmm. But here somebody will come in and they'll say it's really good and they won't do any spoilers it's like yeah you know. and also knowing what you love you can then have tailored recommendations it's not just yeah. sort of like this is top rated <laughs> but this could be yeah. a topic that you're not yeah, yeah. well I, I generally find that algorithms which people use for this stuff don't work I find it with with, with 
when I'm buying music, yeah, yeah that you know, the, well, if you like this, you're gonna like this. Yeah, it it doesn't really work like that. Yeah. Um, but also, when when people come in, they say, "I really like this," so can you recommend me something? And quite often, I'll be, I'll try to say, "Like, yeah, this is like that," but you might want to try this because this is a little deeper down the rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah, and it's different, and it might surprise you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I love the idea of a movie that can just kind of take you, take you on a curveball. You know, like, um, do you remember the Tarantino movie um, from Dust Till Dawn? Yeah. Where it's like a, it's, a, it's a crime caper movie, <laughs> and, and then, then it suddenly switches. Yeah. Uh, and um, comics can do that. There's a there's a book called uh, Moonshine. Mm. If you're a Hundred Bullets fan, it's the same creative team. Uh, cool. So it's Brian Azzarello and Eduardo Rizzo, and um, it's um, a mashup of. Um, of Deliverance, uh, the Howling, uh-huh. and uh, and an Untouchables, yeah. So yeah. it's like you know, like a, a bunch of uh, bootlegging gangsters go down south to uh, get some moonshine, yeah. And uh, and they're going to deal with the rednecks down there, uh, except for they completely underestimated the situation because <laughs> some of these rednecks are, uh, are werewolves. Oh, amazing, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's you know it's so cool, but. That would be the sort of book that if somebody came in and said, "Look, I like this," I'm saying, "Try this because it's going to be a great book and it's going to challenge what you think a comic's going to be about." Yeah. So you know, I think that's one of the nicest things you can do. Like, you just broaden people's horizons about about comics. Stunning. Perfect. I think. I think so that is yeah. amazing. Yeah. Thank you very much, mate. No worries. Stunning. Yeah. Cool. cool. All right. Uh, Thank you very much for listening, everybody. I think we'll do a we'll do a an outro on top yes, of this yeah. as well. But thank you very much for having yeah, us. Yeah, no mate. worries. Yeah. It's been amazing. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Cheers, uh, Cheers pal. For the first time. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so we kind of like, although although it was sort of building to a natural conclusion, everything was suddenly like suddenly sudden. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> the, the the shop sort of opened, so it was like I you know I do I do have a. a job job (laughs) to do but the um he might be his own boss but uh (laughs) (laughs) um one of the things that i thought was really cool just we were closing i wish that we got it in the episode itself but um bub was saying that he sort of talked to a load of people about like comic book shops and things like that and something he gets quite a lot is man i wish i had a shop like this near where i live like well there is no shops like this around me at all and bub's response was well, there wasn't one around me either. And here we are. Yeah. Just, you want it? Go was get that, it yeah, or bring it, was, it to the people. Yeah, it was so cool. And the fact that he was kind of up there with this community that were kind of like, oh man, there's nothing near us. And it's like, well, there's your audience. Yeah. Like, it was brilliant. It was so It was so good. Yeah. And again, sort of their involvement in, in the nice con as well, having a, a local convention that brings these people to town. Yeah, it's really cool. It's really, really cool. We spent pretty much our entire time after the episode was done, we were sort of perusing the shops, the, perusing the shop and getting like a couple of bits and pieces um, and convincing the staff <laughs> that they need to spin up their own podcast. Yeah. Because um, it's, it's a collection of really, really cool people in there. So, yeah. It was... Like, I, I've been I've been to Close Encounters many, many times and I've always... It's always been like a really nice place to go. But... I, on that day especially like you really picked up on that kind of sense of like community and that kind of family um, yeah. 
and it really was exactly what he was talking about like it's not it's not a business for the sake of having a business it was to open somewhere that could be the hub of this kind of fandom this sort of community yeah um, and it was just oh so good and everyone's just really nice yeah i like i like the like a very easy way of me being like showing how this community builds so quickly and how like how you start to make connections like within a week uh, i went to a, a local screening for spirited away like they were just putting on yeah. um just just a ghibli film and uh yeah ended up sitting next to sean who's one of the guys from the shop and it's like <laughs> yeah it, it's again it's it's cool the fact that it starts to build this local community 100 yeah taking bricks and mortar from rather than being i don't know like i know you need card factories but <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah no, it's cool i really like it um yeah if people want to check out close encounters if people want to sort of see their socials go to the shop where do they gotta go my dude so they have branches in peterborough bedford and northampton you can also find them at www.closeencounters.co.uk or on instagram at close underscore encounters underscore comics cool rad um i think that i think that sort of really nicely rounds out this episode like like i really fucking enjoyed this one yeah yeah um we've we've got next week's in the can we do this is the long foretold like a season and a half in the making yeah we promised you it was coming yep like brace yourself next week is gonna be I can't I can't make impact jokes because I feel like Jimmy would be so annoyed that I was stealing his jokes from him but next week is gonna be the Neon Genesis episode Uh, we wanna prime you now I think it's gonna be totally left field it's not gonna be like anything else that we've done on on animus so far for some people that might not work for you um but i mean there's there's the there's the back catalog if that's if you're uh yeah probably not not something you guys are used to yeah um, which is not necessarily a bad thing but we understand it might not be everybody's cup of tea and or fanta joking coming (laughs) uh but yeah if uh if it's not for you we do apologize um i don't yeah, like, no, sod that. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. We yeah, got to hang like, out with friends we, we, and talk about a cool show. We had a blast. So I think I think it is one of those things where, like, I really hope that you do enjoy it, and I hope it sort of shows you a little bit of this world that we're that we're into. But if it isn't for you, like, like I say, if you really want to listen to an animus episode, just play this one again. It was pretty good. I liked it. <clears throat> yeah. um, but if otherwise, I'd say maybe this could be a cool opportunity for you to check out other podcasts as well. Yeah, but maybe give it a go. It'll be cool anyway that's enough about next week thank you very much for listening this week (laughs) um you just have a good have a good yeah and we hope that this episode gave you a little something something yeah it gave me a little something something that's good i enjoyed it yeah yeah enjoy your week guys and take it easy peace